0: Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and are completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life, and a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in your kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone you love, getting a mani-pedi while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. And joining me today is a new friend, Taylor Akel and she is here in the Kootenays live recording from the cusp (laughs) and is here to share some perspectives on what it's like to be a chick in the trades. So welcome to the Safe Haven podcast. Thanks for having me. Yay, I'm happy you're here. Thanks for making this work. Actually, the timing was great for this. So yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. (laughs) Okay, I want to start. Let's paint a picture. Who are you so that these listeners can have an idea of who you are, where you grew up, what, what are some hobbies that you've got? What's your family dynamics? You can just take that as you want.
1: Okay. Um, so I grew up in Nacusp, which is a super small town in the West Coots. And um, I grew up with uh, my parents. And then I have an older brother and an older sister also. And um, we spent a lot of time here. And we kind of, I guess, centered ourselves around Nacusp, And we centered ourselves around pouring into what this community does. So I've spent a long time doing lots of outdoor activities, uh, camping, uh, quadding, all that kind of stuff. And I've also found like a super big passion for skiing lately. Awesome. Yeah. It's downhill or cross country? Downhill. We don't cross country. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I've got some friends actually here that do cross country, but I think that obviously in the mountains, you would just automatically default to downhill.
1: Yeah. Downhill is definitely my go-to. Like I've been skiing since I was three. Wow. Yeah. And now I'm an instructor and I am the head coach for the Nancy Green here actually.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah so new things for me this year too. Yeah good for you. Um, So yeah I've definitely enjoyed living here and I think growing up in a small town has really formed who I am as a person and I don't think that I would have gone into the trades if I hadn't have kind of been formed in the small town community.
0: Yeah I get that and especially having come from a small town back in Ontario I feel like that's why I am so content here? Because in these small towns in the mountains, it it feels very much like home. Where even after a couple visits out here, people start to recognize you. They remember your name. They remember your order at certain cafes. Like, yeah, I love that so much. It makes you feel a bit special.
1: Yeah, sometimes you have to avoid overweighty if you actually have to do a quick job because it. it's gonna be like twenty minutes. Or everyone wants to know what you've done in the past two months, and you're yeah. like. I've been here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've been here. Just been busy.
1: Yeah. Real busy.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to some interests that you would have had growing up, did you, you know, when think I'm just picturing, cause I've taught kindergarten in the past, you know, when you ask the kindergarten kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they hold up this cute little sign and then it says a firefighter or a nurse or a teacher or whatever was yours electrician. Like, did you want? No, absolutely
1: not. Okay, no. Okay. So
0: when Take was on a the timeline there.
1: <laughs> um, well, no, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Okay. I was that classic girl. I loved horses. I loved dogs. Um, I loved cats. I loved everything. Like, if there was a lost dog and we found it, I was like, mom, can we keep it? And she's like, no, we have enough dogs. We have enough cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was kind of like my, I really wanted to be a vet. Basically, up until grade 12, um, when I did some like... Uh, Job shadowing up mm-hmm. at the vet's office, and then realized that it wasn't really for me. I wanted to be working with like alive and awake animals, not and the sick ones. Not the sick ones. It I would just, be so
0: hard on the heartstrings. Eh? Yeah,
1: my heart I think is too too big for the animals because yeah. I just w- went home every day and was like, I am so sad now. Yeah. So and then <clears throat> I thought about becoming a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. So I did some work at the pharmacy here and at the same time also just realized that I wasn't super into going to school for six more years. I'd kind of been like a diehard in school from kindergarten through grade 12, and so I was like, I'm just kind of tired of school. So then my brother, who's also an electrician, um, kind of was like, well, maybe you should try this. Have my tools, and I was like, oh, okay. So I enrolled in school at at TRU and Kamloops, and did my first six months. And um, I didn't go straight into the trades after that. I actually probably handed out like 50 resumes in camloops, and didn't get one job offer. So that was kind of hard. So reflecting back on that, do you have an idea or an opinion as to why? Um, I don't think that it was because I'm a girl. I don't like because I have a unisex name also. Like Taylor Eichel sounds pretty boy girlish. Okay. Um, So I wouldn't say that specifically was because of that. I think it was just a downfall in Kamloops. They weren't super busy. And maybe if I had gone to Kelowna or Vernon, um, I would have been better off. But there was a boy here. So I came home. (laughs) Yeah, those boys. Okay. So a boy brought you back. Yeah. So a boy brought me back. um, And it was okay. Like I was happy to be home. Um, so I'd finished my six months of schooling and I wasn't working. I was just working at the visitor center here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was super fun. Cause I got to meet
0: so many people. I was just going to say, I would actually be quite an enjoyable job. What a cool way to
1: network. Yeah. You'd be meeting people from all over the world, all over the world. Yeah. And so many people like gave me phone numbers for electricians that I should be calling all that kind of stuff. But then after, like I was still working at the visitor center and Um, someone had came up and talked to me about grants through CBT which is just a local company basically it's from like the water treaty here on the Columbia River and so they offer an apprenticeship grant and so they will subsidize your wage and so that's when I approached the school district because they have uh, they had an electrician on crew and Arthur was super excited about it Um, and then I just needed to find more funding so I kind of Built myself a job at the school district. That's really admirable. I was just lucky that Art was into it and he was okay with having me there. Mm -hmm. So because I definitely was a stinker throughout high school. Oh, so So. he
0: obviously knew. That's a small town thing, though, too, right? Is he obviously had an idea of who you were? And yeah, he's my neighbor. (laughs) I was just gonna say, a small town. He knows just who
1: you are. Yeah. So and then it was pretty interesting working for the school district. Like my first couple months was like. I used to be the one who wrote on the walls and here I am painting over the ones who wrote on the walls. Kate, back up. Let's just pause there. You wrote on walls. Yeah, it's still in there. Why? <laughs> As a teacher, I'm like, you're bad. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, in like one of the classrooms, it says Taylor Eichel.
0: Oh my gosh. You know what is so funny? Now thinking back, I'm like, did I ever do dipshit things like that? I don't think I actually like drew on walls
1: i drew on (laughs) walls my entire class stole every clock off the wall and put it in a locker and then called it a clocker oh my gosh yeah like we were the shithead class oh yeah like i stole my teacher's fish one time and took it onto the roof in a vase yeah (laughs) that what did you do with it after that well we had like our grad video And so I stole her fish, and then we, like, did our grad video with it, but I put it in a vase that was super dirty, so then I killed the fish. Oh. Like, two weeks later, she said it died. Rip, fish. Yeah. Poor baby.
0: Is it, like, the the do-it-for-the-gram type
1: type video? Yeah, basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good video. I bet. That would be... I've never, ever, ever heard of anyone stealing a fish. I've got to be honest.
1: Yeah. The fish was stolen, and then, like, a few years before that, one of the fish out of there was eaten, so... That fish tank uh, has gone through a lot. N- by a person? Uh, yes. A person ate a fish. Ew. She was really mad at the teacher. I guess so. If yeah. you're mad enough to eat someone's fish, I think you'd have to be pretty pissed. <laughs>
0: okay. All yep. right. So you <laughs> were a shithead in school. <laughs> okay. <Yep. laughs> okay. So we've got that. Now, for the listeners, you're 22? Yeah. 22 years old. So really, you only just graduated high school four years
1: ago. yeah, coming up on my fifth fifth year here.
0: Okay, so after you
1: graduated that was Camloops well so uh, yeah I graduated here okay and then I did a workaway in Castlegar for the summer and uh, Castlegar's like an hour and a bit from here eh? uh yeah, closer to two okay but so I worked there for um, six weeks uh, job shadowing an electrician for BC Hydro. Oh that would be a good job. Yeah, super good job so it was super cool. And then that was kind of like, okay, I really like having the hands-on kind of thing. And so that's when I went. So when I was 17, I went to TRU for six months. Okay. And then came home. Graduated.
0: Uh, So you're still, obviously, you found some interest in the trades. You're thinking Mm -hmm. that electrical is
1: actually something that you're really interested in. Yeah. I really like the hands-on part too. Yeah. What types of
0: challenges did you face when you're kind of making these decisions? You're thinking, I'm going to make this
1: my career. Um, a lot of it was based on like where I could live because I, I don't really like commitment all that much. And so it felt like, uh, some of the jobs I was committing to like a big community or I was committing to, you know, only being in the cusp, right? Whereas being an electrician, I could go wherever I want, right? Once I have my red seal, you could go work in the Philippines or you could go to the States or you could go across Canada, right? Like it really doesn't limit you to anything. But at the same time, you can also do it for 15 years and then go back to school really easily, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of one of the things that really like pushed me towards it. Um, but then it also really helped that it was like I could be outside. I didn't have to be sitting oh, at like a the desk. Outside thing. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: When you say about the Red Seal and going around the world, has travel been a part of your life? Have you ever been super interested in traveling?
1: Um, Yeah, so... After the boy who brought me home. The boy who brought you home.
0: Okay. Who is clearly not in the picture right
1: now. Clearly not okay, in the picture. Bye, no. boy. Yeah. See you okay. later, bud. Okay. <laughs> um, so after we, so I was working for the district and we broke up. Um, it was pretty rough too, but Arthur was there for me. So he was my boss at the time. So yeah. he was like, take what you need. But anyways, I did the classic, mm-hmm. I didn't dye my hair, which is the classic breakup girl thing. But I booked tickets to the Philippines.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, so I was just going to ask, you know, did the Philippines, did even just using that as an example come from somewhere specific? And clearly it did.
1: Yeah, so um, I decided to go to the Philippines to wire a school there. So a couple from my church have a house in Okamakam. And um, they've built a school and built a church there. And so I decided that um, since Yolanda hit, they hadn't rewired. And they'd been re-constructing uh, it with concrete instead so they're like, OK, well, if you wouldn't mind coming and wiring it, that'd be great. And I was like, I'm just a second year electrician, but mm-hmm. how hard can it be? So I went there for a month and um, had the best time ever. Yeah. What an opportunity. It was awesome. Really? Yeah. And like I worked super hard for two weeks and then I laid on the beach for a week. So and got a
0: sweet tan and came home.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And then I was like, bye bye, boy. So I think it worked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit of a feel-good story too, eh? Just to come back in completely new perspectives too.
1: Yeah. Do you see yourself actually, once you've acquired
0: your Red Seal, going back to the Philippines in particular? Or where would you set your sights next?
1: Um, I haven't. So the Philippines still has like a big part of my heart, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'd go back there specifically for electrical. Mm-hmm. I'd more or less go back to see the people. Got it. Okay. Um, there has been a new thing on my heart. It's called Mercy Ships. Tell me about that. That sounds very cool. Yeah. So Mercy Ships is an organization that travels around Africa on a ship, like an what? old cruise ship. Yeah. And so it's all medical based, but they also offer a program for electricians. Um, wow. Yeah. Three months to up to however long you want to stay. So that's kind of been on the radar lately, too. Thinking Girl, about maybe you going there. You have so many fun options moving forward. Yeah. I know. That's Honestly. That's why it's like become an electrician or a 22 year old with go. this. Like, come on. Yeah. Holy. Yeah.
0: How many more years do you have until you've acquired your Red Seal then? I actually don't know the time frame for that.
1: Um, not very long, actually. Really? So I go back to school on March twenty third and I finish um at the end of May. And then I'll be Red Seal. And then you're going for Mercy Ships. Uh then I don't know. <laughs> wow. I've been thinking about it, but yeah. it's hard to find a timeline because I like skiing so much that mm-hmm. it's hard to uproot my life for the winter months because i'm like i love the winter i'd rather uproot my life in the middle of the summer right but when you go to africa and when you do that kind of travel they don't do any travel during the summer months just because it's such bad weather there Got it. so it'd be like maybe september kind of thing
0: Mm -hmm. you mentioned church and church life i'm just kind of thinking even there too is in certain areas of your life i feel like you might have been breaking some kind of norm. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Um, yeah, I think I was often breaking some kind of norm. It sounds like it. Yes. Um, I'm definitely like a church goer. I love Jesus. I love God. And I'm also someone who I've been told has been the most open, least judgmental, willing to listen to anything, but also willing to answer anything type of person. Mm-hmm. So even my journeyman has asked me questions. And then I've come on to some trade sites and they've been like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was swearing around you. And I'm like, I probably have the worst potty mouth that anyone's ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I go to church doesn't mean that I'm some saint, right? Yeah. So that's been like a big part of, of my going to work kind of thing. It's been like being an electrician and being a churchgoer can go hand in hand and being a girl can go hand in hand also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't ever expect you to change your ways at work just because I'm a girl or just because I go to church.
0: Yeah. Got it. And have you had, I guess, cause you've had a few different work sites now and even working on your own, have you found that you have challenges or do you feel like you have been treated differently
1: on work sites either because you're a church goer or because you're a girl? Um, yeah, for sure. Like there's, I've been super lucky to have journeymen who are just like super compassionate, chill dudes. I've never had a full time female journeyman, and I actually would rather not. Mm -hmm. So I've had a couple, and we butt heads for sure. It's like two girls working together is rough for the most part. Whereas, like, a guy, like, my journeymen have been really relaxed. But there's always been this hint of um, I've definitely had some men come up to me and talk to me for a lot longer than I really wished. Right. Okay. Um, I've had. Like I feel I've had some days where I have felt uncomfortable at work. Like I would never wear a tank top or anything provoking at work just because I don't want to put myself into a position that I would just be asking for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like in the summer, some guys wear shorts. I would never wear shorts to work just because I feel uncomfortable um, just because I want to blend in as much as possible. I don't want to be flaunting what I have at work. Right. And women's clothes is way tighter all the time. You don't really get an option on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, good call. I appreciate that. I
0: can really admire that actually, too. That would be quite a challenge. And I'm wondering now, too, if as you continue and now, like, let's say you've acquired your red seal, what your next steps would be working <clears throat> for a crew. I know Mercy Ships is an option. Um, if Mercy Ships isn't something that you dive into immediately, do you see yourself jumping into a crew of some sort locally, more of a... A big company like BC Hydro going out on your own. Do you have next steps for that?
1: Um, so this past summer, I worked for a company called Lightner Palma. So I built chairlifts at different ski hills. That's interesting. Yeah. So right up my alley, it's kind of like the dream job. So ideally, I'd like to stay with them. They have a crew out of the States and a crew out of Canada also. So I'd like to stay with them and just do some more chairlift building. And then if that kind of comes to an end, I'd ideally like to end my work or find a position at a full-time, uh, ski hill. So I just like to make like my passion also into my career too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally Lightner Palma for another year, see what happens there.
0: Yeah. And like I said, even just bringing it back to the fact that you're 22 and have all of these options and you're going to be getting a red seal as an electrician at 23 years old, like going into your 23rd year. Yeah. Good for you. You should be <laughs> super proud of that. Thank you. Yeah. Big time. If I was to shift it into asking you about different perspectives or opinions from other people, whether they're in their community, in your family, in a workplace, in a positive way, could you elaborate on some of the people or experiences that you've had that have helped shape your choices, your life choices and career choices?
1: Yeah, so I've had um, like when I very first started uh, my electrical apprenticeship, I kind of was stepping into it with the outlook that I'm going to meet a bunch of dirty, greasy guys and probably absolutely hate it. Um, But my first apprenticeship with the school district, um, I specifically met uh, my boss, Arthur and James. And I would say that they gave me a pretty cush first year of electrical because at the same time, James would sometimes just be like, ah I'll do the dirty jobs yeah and I don't think it had anything to do with me being a girl or me being anything I think it was just that he kind of saw that me I was underconfident in myself and so they kind of pushed me to be um, a better person and I was nervous on the tools and like I didn't know how to use a skill saw or a job saw or anything saw related mm-hmm. <laughs> and that made me super nervous but um I also got a lot of opportunity to learn from them mm-hmm. and they're, they've been trades boys since they were 17, 18 years old, right? right? And so they were like the best people to learn from and the most patient people to learn from. And then I ended up kind of getting a little sassy with them. And that's also where I learned who I was and who I wanted to be in the trades too. I didn't want to be that girl who was super quiet and I didn't want to be that girl who was super loud and obnoxious either, right? So I kind of learned to be the hardworking girl, but the girl who also wouldn't put up with anything.
0: I was just going to say that stands up for herself as well.
1: Yeah. Like I will definitely tell you off on a trade site. No questions asked, but I also won't um, like try to undermine you or mm-hmm. make you feel like less of a person.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you had a safe
1: space to exercise who you are. Yeah. And it, it was like, um, I knew kind of who I wanted to be and then there's their sarcastic attitudes and their jokey attitudes kind of formed me into a sasshole a little bit. Oh, a sasshole. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Hashtag sasshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was really good for me just to kind of find who I was. Mm-hmm. And then every journeyman, every person I've had since then has said like, she's a really hard worker. She's a smart girl, but she comes with a big attitude and big sass. And she'll be there to tell you like, I just don't think we should do it that way. Right. It's a good thing to know, though, that in
0: a trade like that, that can get super dangerous that you know what you should and shouldn't be doing.
1: Yeah. Like I just know, like there are lines that I obviously know not to cross because I'm just an apprentice. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are lines that I know I can kind of push. Yeah. Because I am an apprentice also. Yeah. Um, But I think it's important to have a relationship with the people you work with. Agreed. So agreed. And I actually think now,
0: just even back to James and Art, actually holding space for you to blossom into
1: who you want to be
0: in life, like in your career for sure, but in life, that's
1: incredible. Yeah. And then the best thing about it is that was three years ago now. Yeah. And I still absolutely love hanging out with them. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Which is
0: really special. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. What about the negative side? I mean, Okay, well, actually, before we jump into negative, was there anyone else that you wanted to elaborate on? I mean, I know that those two guys in particular, again, knowing that they knew you, they knew your family. There was some neighbor relationships (laughs) there, right? That's pretty unique as well. Obviously, they'd have a special soft spot for you. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Was there anyone else before we kind of move on to the other side of this?
1: Um, Yeah. So there was a couple other people. Um, I have a mom friend, her name's Ravey, mm-hmm. and she has kind of taken me under her wing since I was in grade 11 and she's also super cut and dry with you. So there's been a few times where I've had these worries and thoughts and she's just, she's been like, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that because God has your plan for you and you can stress and you can worry and you can try to plan, but at the end of the day, it's not really up to you. Yeah. Right. Things are going to go whichever way they're going to go. So like even just yesterday, she was reminding me, stop stressing about coaches and ski teams and such because God's always going to provide for you and um, he's never going to give you, he's not going to put you under too much pressure. He's going to give you just enough that you're still pushing to be who you should be, right? Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, so sometimes I feel like there are lessons that we have to hear Mm -hmm. and can be delivered in a tone that we might not emotionally be ready for, but that's when we need it the most.
1: Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's one of those ones. And she always tells me that I'm a tough girl, that I can hear it. Yeah, you can take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some <laughs> days I just say, I just need you to be sensitive today. And she's like, yep, yeah, no can do. Oh. So it's perfect. But yeah, you're lucky to have her. Yeah, yeah. that's why we call her Mom Rave. Because she's like the mom who maybe she'll give you comfort, but she'll also be like, you're not actually my child. So I can tell you what you need to hear. Yeah, That's valuable. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, um, the last person was my journeyman this year. He was really good, but he probably taught me the most mm-hmm. only because, um, he was the most frustrating to me because, oh. oh, okay. That's actually a great
0: point because then you're learning your own reactions.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I first started with Lightner, I was like, this company is crazy and mm-hmm. we're just a bunch of cowboys Building chairlifts. Um, but then uh, the trade itself is so different. Like, I walked into it and had three years experience and had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Right. And so I'd been used to James and I'd been used to Arthur and people who would show me exactly what I needed to do. Whereas uh, my journeyman, Sean, was just like, ah, figure it out. And I'm like, oh no. Mm-hmm. So that was really frustrating to me because I, didn't want to figure it out. I wanted to be shown how to do it. And then I would do it exactly how he wanted me done it. But because he it's not that he didn't have time. He just said, I want you to learn how to think for yourself and how to come up with new ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was the most like teaching for me. But also I drank a lot of beer. Yeah. (laughs) And we we hashed out a lot of things. Yeah. um, Just our two attitudes towards each other
0: some hard lessons probably then too
1: yeah there was a few times where I was really unhappy with him and he was really unhappy with me Mm -hmm. also but at the same time by the end of the season he I felt more confident to go do things on my own and he felt more confident with me going to do those things Mm -hmm. Um, and he always would say like I know you can do it Um, you don't need to call me to ask you don't need to double check like you know what you're doing and we really appreciate you being here it's so, nice to hear that. Yeah, I didn't get hurt it as often as I wanted to, but it was like he kind of held them back for the moments that I needed it. Right. So like he was pretty awesome. That's for sure.
0: I think that that makes them more impactful when yeah. they when they come at the right time instead of someone just sprinkling you with all of these words of confidence. You know, all yeah. The because time, they'd really mean something to only come every now and then.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I had have had like him as a journeyman in the first place, if I would have become the electrician I am now, mm. if I even maybe would have stayed in the trade, I would have been like, Whoa, you're tough. Well, like you said, you've had some time to figure out who you
0: are and mm-hmm. who you want to be on a job site and in your career and in life. Yeah. So you almost kinda had that backbone established before getting into oh, yeah, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. If
1: I didn't have a backbone, he probably would have been like, Uh, you're kind of useless to me. Oh. <laughs> did
0: you ever feel unsafe?
1: No. Oh good. No, never once. So he was like a big safety advocate for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and I always felt like if I didn't feel comfortable, like there was a couple times this season where I said like, whoa, I need to take five minutes. And he was always really understanding of that. So mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah, that's good. But okay. I am
0: going to shift it now for the negative thing. Okay. Cause I just know that even in the safety aspect of things too, if I was to shift it and say, has there ever been, or have there been people that have, Maybe changed your decisions or shifted your perspectives in a negative way.
1: Yeah, so I've had um, a couple of people point my direction of being an electrician. Maybe say, "Well, when you get your fourth year, do you think you'll go into something more project managerial?" I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> something. Yeah, like, managerial. I think, yeah, managerial. <laughs>
0: okay, so. But let me just clarify that. So you're saying more as they're assuming that you're going to take more of the project management. Do you think it's based on
1: gender? Sometimes I think it's based on, um, yeah, gender going into okay. a role where, you know, you get to sit at a desk all day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a role that's easier to step out of if you want to have kids. Right. A role if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, right? It's more flexible. Um, So I've had that one kind of thrown at me and I've been... I've just said, well, I don't know. I don't even have a partner to have kids with yet. So can we just talk about that later? Yeah. Um, I've had other people question um, working six months out of the year because when I work six months out of the year, we work like approximately 1,500 hours in those six months. So it's almost double the amount that you'd work in six months. And so people have said to me, how do you feel financially stable with that? Um, Being a young person, how do you feel that you can take 6 months off and go travel and mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. which really to me says like I'm young that's what I should be doing yeah for
0: sure and I've if I've learned anything even with shaping my lifestyle the way that I have and designing my own life is i think my biggest takeaway has been it's more of a doubt or a fear or a limiting belief that someone has maybe on themselves Mm -hmm. that's like projected on you because they can't imagine taking their income for six months and stretching it out another six. Yeah. And so for for me,
1: like I've never felt financially burdened or I've never felt like I can't afford something. Right. And that goes back to like my church base. Right. So we've always said like in the Bible, it says, if you have open hands, right, there will always be something to give and receive. So I've always felt like if I'm giving as much as I feel like, that I can. Right. Um, like I've never felt like I can't go on mercy ships for three months, even though it's going to cost me money to go on this trip. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or I've never felt like I can't go do something that I really want to do. And so I've kind of just had that relaxed lifestyle with my money too. But at the same time, it's always been there and I work really hard for it too. If you work hard and if you have that work ethic that is just so innate,
0: jobs are going to be there. Yeah. Money's gonna be there. It's going to come back in some way. Yeah, you're you're safe, girlfriend. You're good. (laughs) And you know what really? Then that even puts it into where we're living and the country that we live in. And we are safe. We are safe to kind of take that back seat. You're not if you needed to go home and hang out at home for a little while, you have the option.
1: Yeah, exactly. To pull back a bit, you know. Yeah, I love that option, right? Yeah, what a what a grace. That's pretty special. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thankful that my parents let me wander home too without rent.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks mom and dad. Thank you. Yeah, that is pretty special. Okay. So if we've looked at some positive support, we've now looked at some negative kind of pokes and prods here and there, or maybe shapings of decisions. Would you say that at any
1: point throughout any of this that you have doubted your career choice? I don't think I've doubted it. I've contemplated taking time away from it and Uh I've contemplated what the next steps after being an electrician are but through my entire like apprenticeship I've always been really um 100% committed to it Mm -hmm. and I've doubted like which which avenues I want to go down um like I I know that I don't want to work in residential and that kind of thing I know I want to be outdoors I want to be doing something that I'm passionate about um but I've never felt like maybe this isn't for me okay that's great Yeah. So, and I think that also has been that I'm the type of person that when I get into something, I'm 100% committed to it and I want to complete it. So I've never felt like, oh, maybe I don't want to go back to school for third year. Maybe this is like as far as I want to go. I have doubted whether I want to continue being like, cause I've always thought that I would go back to school and become like a teacher at a university for Mm -hmm. electrical. I have doubted that more or less lately because I, find that being a journeyman, you get to teach so much already. Um, I have a hard time now picturing myself in a classroom, right? Even though I think I would do a good job of it and I would have no issues teaching it. Um, I just have a hard time picturing myself getting up in the morning and then going to more or less an an office. Right. Well,
0: And like you've said too, you're still so young, you have options moving forward once yeah. you have
1: your red seal, this isn't something that you're just going to, it's just going to disappear on no, you. No, no, never. And I also like to be a teacher, I would probably want to wait more like 15 years from now uh-huh. because I would never want to be a teacher teaching university students at the age of 28 right? or something like that mm-hmm. because they're going to be people in your classroom that are older than you. Yeah, And also being a girl, you just get, like I've had female teachers who are young and The feedback that they get is awful and the jokes that go around school is horrible. Mm -hmm. So um, I just would never want to put myself in that position. Yeah. And I guess the 15 years experience that you would have would just give you
0: that more reputable approach to your teaching. More backbone,
1: more reputable. Yeah. You could walk into a classroom and be confident that even if someone said, oh, she doesn't know how to do this, you'd be like, well, I've done this and this and I can figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of what it means to be a journeyman is you get a task and if you can figure it out, that's great. Um, but you also have to be vulnerable enough to ask other people how to do it. So it's the same for being a teacher.
0: Yeah. Well, you're, you're a lifelong learner no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got two questions for you. You ready? <laughs> okay. okay. What are you most proud of? I think that we've touched on a little bit, but if I was to just throw it out there and if you had to pick
1: one thing, what are you most proud of? Um, I'm probably the most proud of the growth that I've had in the past couple of years has been pretty crazy for me just because when I was dating said boy earlier I just didn't really know who I was and as cliche as that sounds it wasn't that I didn't know who I was I just felt dependent to be with him all the time Um, and I felt dependent to be like that relationship right Um, and I kind of like pushed my family out of the way and just focused all on him Mm -hmm. and so in the past couple of years I've learned to just be who I want to be I've stayed as the same persona like I still am sassy and I was always like that and I'm still super into all the same sports and everything like that but my attitude towards myself has changed like I see that that I can go do these things on my own right and I can move away from home on my own and still be super happy Mm -hmm. like I don't need to have a constant person dinging at my phone. Right. Yeah. So that's been something that's been big for me in the past couple of years and it's taken a lot of growth. Yeah. And, um, it's frustrating when I meet people who I can't just point blank say like, I think you need to be on your own because they're sensitive or it breaks their heart. Mm -hmm. But for me, there's been people come into my life and I've just said, no, I need to be on my own. This isn't who I want to be. I already feel myself changing and it's only been two weeks of talking to you. Yeah. So it's been a great an em- answer. Yeah, it's great been answer emotional. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. And it's been it's felt like I've felt lonely and I've felt isolated. <laughs> and I've had really good friends who've helped me through that, right? Um, and I've had people like Revee and they've said like, No, you're doing great and you're doing it on your own and that's a huge thing because you're your own biggest supporter right now. And so It's been hard, but... Get it, girl. Yeah. (laughs) You've got my 100% support in that journey. Thank
0: you, yeah. Big time. I think that that is something, honestly, that at 22 years old, to have started to figure those things out is gigantic. Yeah. I mean, I had this conversation with a girlfriend of mine who's just turning 60 and had said something like, man, if I had the wisdom that you and your circle of friends do when I was 30, my life would be so different. And everyone's on their own path. but. Mm -hmm to be 22 years old and to have that introspective nature already get yeah. it girl like chase it good for you yeah
1: and so like i love being independent but i'm also open to walking with somebody right mm-hmm. i just don't feel like i'm dependent on them anymore yeah. right That's like a good i'm thing. not i'm not the feminist who thinks that girls can do anything and that mm-hmm. you know they don't need no man like i understand that and i'm super happy to eventually find someone right but yeah. Right now, I know that it's okay to be on your own. Yes. So, yeah.
0: Oh, I love that answer. (laughs) Okay. uh, And the next one is, what do you want to be known for? Well, other than my sass,
1: I think. Hashtag sasshole. Yes. (laughs) um, It comes along with me everywhere I go. Um, I think I just want to be known for being the girl who's always accountable, who's always there for you no matter what. Um, like I may spread myself way too thin some days. Um, I just want to be able to help everyone that I can. Um, but yeah, I just want to be known for, I'll answer your phone call no matter what. I'll always be there for you. And I'm always open to talking about whatever it is, even if I also have to be vulnerable on my Mm -hmm. side of things. So yeah.
0: Another great answer. Ready for the last one? Okay. I think I said I had two questions, but I lied. I've got one more.
1: Yeah, this is three. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. If you had one message for our listeners or anyone that was chasing a career path that they deep down felt was for them and hit a hard spot, something was difficult, what would your message be to them?
1: Um, I would say like talk about it because for me, I kind of put away – all the things that I was maybe nervous about at work um, or that I was nervous about moving away. But the more I talked about it with other people, it was like a resounding issue, right? And um, just to be vulnerable wherever you are. If you close yourself off, then the people around you are going to feel that. They're going to maybe think you're stuck up or stubborn. Um, But if you can just be open about some of the things that you're doubting or the things that you're doubting in yourself, the people around you will also come to you and feel comfortable. And if they put you down for being vulnerable, they're not worth it to be around you. I'm sitting over here
0: across from you, just like, yeah, smiling and (laughs) nodding. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the vulnerability is so key. Yeah. And if anyone is ever going to use your vulnerability against you, cut them out. Cut them loose. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Vulnerability has such a power in it. And really, the more that you can share with those you love the most that are in your front row cheering you on the better they can help you
1: yeah exactly support you if they don't know what's going yeah. on in your life they can't be there for you. you got it and then the more you feel isolated and mm-hmm. away from them right yeah so sometimes it's hard to say like, i'm going through a rough patch um but for me it's getting easier to say that yeah so it's easier to say like i think i just need to come home for a couple days mm-hmm. right so been a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a big learning curve in the past couple of years. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Taylor, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for, for the... having me. Yeah. Big time. I appreciate it. Yeah. You'll have to come back at some point when you're a journeyman or when you've come back from Mercy Ships. Okay. <laughs> okay great. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Safe Haven podcast. Please make sure that you subscribe, rate, review these episodes and comment as you follow along. If you are in fact interested in supporting the podcast in more ways than just listening, if you go to the thesafehavenpodcast.podbean.com and look at the top right, there's a cute little green button that says become a patron. This is in no way an obligation. It's just another way that you can make sure that this podcast continues, that my equipment is covered while I chase these incredible stories. Tell your friends about the Safe Haven podcast and I will talk to you next week.